We're gonna be in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verses 49 through 56. And I wanna give a special thanks. Um, Brittany had a, a, somebody say last minute they couldn't be here to play keys. And she, just to indulge me, I think, said, would you play the first song? I was like, yeah, I totally will. Um, and she just kind of rolls with it because she has been our, our worship leader now for six months and she's done such a great job. We welcome Shaq back from his summer travels. So, so Shaq, thank you for being with us. Thank you for being back. I'm grateful for everybody who's a part of our worship team. And now we're gonna read from Luke chapter 12. All right, we're, we're finishing up our three-week series. We've been in Luke chapter 12 for three weeks. This gets intense. So just listen to what Jesus has to say. I have come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say it is going to rain and it does. And when the self-wind blows, you say it is going to be hot and it is. Hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance on the earth and the skies. How is it you don't know how to interpret this present time? This is the word of God for us, the people of God, and together we say, thanks be to God. As we set up this sermon, I'm gonna go ahead and have them change the screen over to our online poll that we're gonna be doing. And so if you pull out your phones, you're connected to the internet, all you gotta do is go to popin.live. All right, everybody, popin.live. Bailey's already laughing at me. He's like, we're gonna see how this goes. And then enter that code and you will be part of this. Somebody's already voted. All right, we've got five questions we're gonna go over together, all right? So while, while I'm setting up the sermon, y'all go ahead and sign in, pop in.live and enter that code. We've been journeying for, for three weeks, or this is our third week, in, in a series called Investment Strategies, where we discern and we discuss the ways in which, I don't know what I'm doing. Is it this? All right, we haven't had problems like this in a while. This is, all, this is all me. I might have to switch microphones. All right. So we are going through this series called Investment Strategies where we have discerned where God is calling us to invest our presence, our possessions, and today we're going to be talking about our passions. Um, we talked about I, this is not the normal 401k investment strategy. I am not qualified to give you that advice. I'm the least qualified person to give you that advice. What I have found, though, is as I've read Luke chapter 12, that there is a word in there for all of us about where we can invest our presence, which we discussed in the first week. And Jesus said, your life is but a mist. You might be dead tomorrow. What does it matter if you have bigger barns? Last week, we discussed how do we invest in possessions and what does it mean to invest in worldly things? Jesus says, life is not about accumulating things. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's been a very convicting two weeks, and we just came off five weeks in James, which is like really, really convicting. So like, I felt challenged every time I've read these scriptures. I hope you have felt challenged. If you wanna go back and listen to them, they're all on podcast. Our live stream is available when you're not here. And this is all made possible um, because Rusty Abstin has put in hours upon hours along with Justin Merrick and with Gene Warren to give us this Wi-Fi. And so we're putting it to the test today. Putting it to the test today. 
Rusty texted me and he said, um, he said, the Wi-Fi's ready. I said, good, I've been waiting for this, all right? And I told him what we were doing and he said, I'm gonna kill you if it doesn't work. And so um, here we go. All right, so we're gonna go over a few things together this morning as we talk about um, the idea that, that where we invest our passions matters. The title of the sermon this morning is Straight Lit Fam. For our younger children, you might know what that means. Um, I, I hear, yeah, all right. I see the, the bellboys over there. Who's that? They're, they're affirming my straight lit famness. Braxton bringing it to us, all right? So we're gonna say a prayer. We're gonna jump in, all right? Lord, we thank you for your word. May it always be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, let's go through these questions. You have been answering these questions on your phone. You might already be done. There are five questions. All right, we're gonna see kind of how we're divided in the room amongst our preferences. All right, we're discussing our preferences. And so people on the media team, after we finish a question, we're gonna go and click question next. We are, are pretty closely divided, but we like sweet treats in here. We are people of sweet treats. 59 to, oh, 60 to 40 is still going, all right. Let's go to the next question. What do we prefer? Hit just next question. All right, we also, uh, if you wanna go to a place, man, we're, we're a pretty evenly divided group. The beach or the mountains, 56% of people said, let's go to the beach. That works out real well because we're like 40 minutes from the beach. That's perfect. Our next question was, which do you prefer, the office, parks and rec? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 20% of people um, down, get Netflix and check out these shows. They're hysterical. All right, so we've got, a, we've got a big office group in here. People like The Office. I know Bailey voted like six times for The Office. All right, what else do we have? Our next question. If you could only have one, which you prefer, Netflix, Amazon Prime, ESPN. This room is filled with 25% males, 26% males, because ESPN was right there, right? All the guys voted for the sports, I bet. All right, Netflix is the winner. And our last question. All right, we got Alabama fans in the room. Followed by Auburn. Huntington College, yeah, represent. I don't know how that got moved up. It's got the least amount. Brianna voted, that's my girl, all right? And we've got some people from Mississippi in here, some LSU folks, so. All right, that, that, that was a quick exercise just for us to, just to know who's in the room, all right? This morning, it, one of the things I believe about worship is that we're not just coming to worship for ourselves, we're coming to be in worship with other people. Worship collectively on Sunday mornings is not just us getting our Jesus fixed for the week. It's us being able to be in a relationship with God and others. Jesus says, love the Lord your God and then love others as yourself. And so we come together to worship. We experience these things. And this is a helpful way as we talk about um, our sermon text this morning to see what do we prefer. You see, we're discussing preferences right now because preferences often determine most of the surface-level decisions we make, right? What are we gonna do with our time? What kind of clothes are we gonna buy? They, they influence the decisions we make each day and sometimes our deeper decisions as well. Maybe you have a certain type of house you wanna live in which will determine the neighborhood you live in, which will determine where your kids go to school. That's all based on maybe your preferences, um, maybe you, you want to determine when you're gonna work out if you're a morning person or an evening person. And so based on your preferences of time is when you work out. Right now, I'm a neither person. And so it kind of works out real well for me. And so our preferences, I'm working on it, Garrett. I promise I'll be, I'll be getting fit again one day. Our preferences often dictate many of our decisions. 
But this morning, I would like to differentiate between the decisions we make based on preference and the decisions we make based on passions, all right? We talked about our possessions, our presence. This morning, we're talking about our passions. Oftentimes, we let kind of run-of-the-mill, normal things dictate how we live our lives, and we're not in tune with the things that we are passionate about. We don't give enough attention to the, the things in which get us out of bed in the morning. Presence in life, where the possessions we buy, all the things we've talked to, should be driven by our passions. Preference is not the same as passion. Passion is something altogether different. It's the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning. Your passions are the things you dream about. Your passions are the things that you'll go to the mat over. Your passions are the things that you, don't, you can't live without. In our text this morning, Jesus is discussing matters of passion, things that will bring people to blows. He's delving into this world that, that transcends ordinary preferences. The word peace is often associated with Jesus. At Christmas time, we say, Emmanuel, God with us, peace on earth. We think of Jesus as the peace bringer, kind of a peaceful guy. He's typically thought of as a person that we want to emulate to bring peace on earth. World peace comes through Christ. So it's fascinating that our scripture lesson begins like this. I have come to bring fire on the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo. And what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on the earth? No. I tell you division. Jesus legitimately said, you think I came to bring peace? No. I came to bring division. This guy sounds like a hellraiser, doesn't he? Like one of these fire and brimstone preachers. He's, he's bringing this heat. This is not the Jesus we typically think of. We think of Christianity, all meek and mild and sweet and E-L-E, everybody love everybody. We're just gonna be nice and gonna pat each other on the head and hey, how you doing? Everything's good. How you doing? I'm good. Jesus is like, I didn't come for your pleasantries or your preferences. So what are we to make of it when he goes on to say, from now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. There will be divided father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. I bet some people said amen to that one, I'm just saying. He's telling us that if you're gonna take seriously what he's talking about, if you're gonna take seriously this call to follow him, families will be divided. Friends, parents, siblings will be pitted against one another. He ends this section by yelling at everyone and calling them hypocrites. Hypocrite. You know how to interpret everything else like the skies and the seas. How do you not recognize what I am doing now? Let me just say, I do think, outside of this text, in general, Jesus does show us a very peaceful way to live, how to be at peace with the world. I do believe at Christmas when we say peace on earth, that Jesus is the peace bringer. He's the Alpha and Omega and can hold together all tensions. God and Christ are one. And so in God is ultimate peace. But what we see here are Jesus explaining potential consequences of what it's gonna look like now on the earth for us to follow Christ. I also believe he was serious when he said these things. 
This is not just the rant of an angry person on a bad day. Jesus is serious when he says, if you think it's just everything's gonna be peace and rainbows and butterflies now that I've come, you missed the point. If you're gonna follow me, it's gonna cost you. We're all born into a world that already has built up assumptions about right and wrong. We don't get to set the moral standards for society just because we think what we do This world is obviously not heaven. Heaven is not yet fully realized. And so whenever we try to bring heaven into this world by acting like Christ, it will cause conflict and division. There will be times in which we come up against the norms of society. In our efforts to be the best Christ followers we can be, there will be times when our ideals will be questioned by others and maybe even our families. Have you ever had a chance or a time in your life where you were raised one way, raised to believe something, and now you believe something different, and it caused some deep conflict with your family? I have. I love my parents dearly. But as I have owned my own faith and as I engage with Scripture, there have been times in which I I no longer agree. Like Paul said, when we were a child, we thought like a child. And there have been times where my beliefs have led me to have division within my own family to where at one point my uncle said he was praying for me that I could get resaved. <laughs> Have you ever had that experience? Have you ever had an experience with a friend who you've been friends your whole life and then all of a sudden you started living for the gospel? You started questioning some of your behavior up to that point and you started changing it and people came against you and they said, Dude, what are you doing? You're supposed to be out with us. You're supposed to be doing the things we're doing. You're supposed to be, you're not yourself. You've changed, man. Woman, girl, you changed. Have you ever had that experience? That is what the gospel will do. Jesus came to bring peace on earth. But whenever we follow Christ, we are forced to face the fact that not everybody else does and not everybody even does in the same way. So let me ask you, what what are your passions? What are the things that get you stirred up, that get you fired up in the morning? What are the things that make you, you can't stop thinking about it, dreaming about it, that you wanna do? Not all of your passions have to lead to full-time ministry. Let me just say that, right? You can be passionate about kingdom work and not be a pastor, trust me, all right? We heard this morning from Stephanie and from Amy and from Garrett about their passions for helping people to experience kindness and joy through animals. That is them doing gospel work, doing the kingdom work with these dogs. Stephanie is so passionate about these things. She's dedicated her life to doing work with animals, and it's beautiful. There are people in our church who are professional entrepreneurs who want to make a better city, want Mobile to be a better place. They're so passionate about it because their Christ-centered nature about neighborliness and loving one another leads them to start new businesses and to help connect people. And that is kingdom work because of their passions. There are people in here who are wealth management professionals, but the thing that they are passionate about is helping others become financially responsible not all about accumulating and storing up bigger barns, but the joy that they get, the passion they have when somebody else is able to make sense of their financial realities because their passion leads them to want to help people. What are you passionate about? 
What do you get up in the morning and dream about? Not just something that you have to do, but something that drives you. I think one of the hardest jobs in the world is one of the jobs that so many people in our church have is, is to raise children full time. And you're so passionate about your children that you wanna make a better world for them. And so you're volunteering with every society in town, with the church, with the school, with the PTO, because you're so passionate about these children and our children and my children that you want to make this a better place. And I thank God for your passion. I thank God for your work. What are you passionate about? What is driving you? What makes you say, you know what? I will go to the mat over this. This will cause division for me to do it this way. My family might not understand. It might cost us money. It might not be exactly what I plan to do, but I believe in this. Are you passionate about anything? Are you getting out of the bed just so you can go to work and come home and watch Netflix? I mean, I've had a lot of days like that. I'm just gonna be honest. Like, there's been plenty of days where I have not been in tune with doing the things that I feel passionate about, and it leaves me feeling empty. Jesus says, to be a Christ follower, it's gonna cause division. And if you're not passionate about something enough to be willing to be divided over it, it's probably just a preference. I'm passionate, my passion is about helping people realize the grace and love of God in their lives and them offering it to others. That's my passion. That's why I became a pastor. My passion led me to this pastoral ministry. I want people to know that God's grace is for you and that you are loved. My job as a preacher and a pastor, everything I do is centered through this lens of grace. It's why I'm a United Methodist. I feel like there's been times in my life where I've apologized for being a Methodist because it's not cool to be part of the denomination anymore. And I get that. I mean, I don't believe there's gonna be denominations in heaven. I've said that plenty of times. I just don't. But here on earth, the way we see things affects the way we live our lives. And I choose to be a part of this church and with you all because everything we do is centered around grace. Grace is the cornerstone. We don't have the market cornered on grace. Lots of people talk about grace. But everything we do as a church is colored through the lens of grace. That God is for you and that God loves you and that God wants to do work in your life and that we wanna do that together. What you believe will affect the way you live your life. If you believe in a judgmental, angry God, you'll probably be a judgmental and angry person. If you believe that God only cares about a few people, then you're only gonna care about a few people. But if you believe that God's grace is for everybody, then you're gonna wanna love everybody. That's what I'm passionate about. That's why I belong here. That's why I'm so grateful for this place and for this church and for you all. And I know that sometimes we go to different places and we like the band or we like the, 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 the preacher or we like whatever it might be. But I know this, no matter who's here, that this church is for God and God's people. And that's why I feel like I belong here. And you've made me feel that way because you embody that. And so my passion is to not only help other people feel that, but help equip you to do that. That gets me excited, gets me out of bed, it makes me wanna to come to work because I believe in God's grace. So what are you passionate about? Are you passionate about teaching others? Are you passionate about making the world a better place through volunteerism? Are you passionate about, I, you insert thing here. And I pray that we are a church, as we wrap up this series, it says, God, we wanna be present in this world and make the best of this life you've given us. 
God, we are not just trying to accumulate things for ourselves and build up bigger barns and store stuffs because we just want to have more to feel better about ourselves. Where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And I pray that you find your passion. I pray you find something that makes you excited to be alive. Are you excited to be alive? And if that passion is something that is for God's kingdom, just be ready. <laughs> Stuff like that happens. There will be times it will cause conflict. There will be times it's gonna be difficult. But with God, all things are possible. God is for you, God is with you, and God loves you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.